Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to Moms That Say Fuck, hosted by yours truly, Alana Kapitz and Dr. Dina Kulik. I'm Alana, the CEO and founder of Moms Toronto. We're on a mission to bring moms together and give them a great day, revolutionizing maternity leave. And I'm Dr. Dina Kulik. I'm a pediatrician and pediatric emergency medicine doctor. I provide no-nonsense child health advice, dispelling myths, and empowering parents to parent confidently and raise your healthiest kids. Together, we have six kids under eight. We are eager to chat with other moms, entrepreneurs, and interesting people about everything from sex to alcohol, sleep woes, and body shaming. We aren't afraid to talk about taboo topics or share our many opinions. We say it like it is and want to get to the heart of the issues facing moms and caregivers everywhere. Come join us. Mamas and the Papas, tonight we had maybe a small technical issue with Dr. Dina Kulik's mic. So if you can't hear for the first 15 minutes or so, our most sincere apologies. We're going to do our best to mix master this up with the magical stylings of our friend Julian. But if you can't hear her, you will, I promise. So hold tight. It's going to sound maybe a little bit funky, but you know, whatever she's saying and thinking is worthwhile. So stay tuned. 15 minutes in. All right, all right, all right. Welcome, mamas and daddies and people of all ages. Thank you so much for joining us tonight on Moms That Say Fuck with our very good friends. <laughs> we have Claire and Carly. They are the principals behind Notable. Welcome, mamas. Hello. Thanks Welcome. for having us. We're super pumped to have you on the show. So let's just start. Is that your jingle? When you say moms that say, sing it for me. Moms that say fuck. I Maybe like it. it. She I does like have to do that. She does. She does. I think she I have to doing that. Every yes. episode. And you go mamas and like papas. It. And daddies. And, and everybody. Whatever. Yeah. All the peoples. <laughs> all the peoples, yes. And my son just goes, where is everybody's? So yeah. these are all the everybody's. Yeah. Um, okay, cool, guys. Dr. D. Hey. Good to see you. You too. It's been a while. It has this been a while. This will be a week. From the last one for you guys, but it's been three weeks for us ish that we've done it because we went away. I went away. You went away. Yeah, we missed now each we're other. Back. Mm-hmm. And here we I are. It. Um, okay, <clears throat> ladies, tell us what is notable and who are you? Who do you, you want to go to? No first? pressure. No pressure. Okay, well, there's two of us, so okay. we'll identify ourselves. Okay, so, so go. I'm Claire. Hi, Claire. And hi, hello. Um, so I, Carly, and I have known each other for like a long time, like ten years, and we've worked together. M- for the past 10 years on, on different iterations of our career. Um, and we took over Notable. So this is, we're in February, 2019 now. And we took over, we joined Notable in February of 2017. And we ended up taking over Notable from the founder in the summer, early summer of 2017, right? Yeah, about five months later. <clears throat> um, and so we, our background is really like, we're, um, content specialists and marketing specialists, and we've had long and varied careers, which we don't need to bore you with the details on. But uh, but it's interesting. You worked at CBC. You guys have done yeah. That's where pretty, we met. Yeah, and um, we've done lots of stuff. Like we've yeah. worked with pretty big celebrities, big brands, yeah. big huge events. We've done big television shows, um, lots and lots and lots of stuff. Yeah. Um, and so when we took over Notable, it was really known as a. a a digital publication that had been around for um, nine years. And we, what we thought was really compelling and interesting was that it had a really cool millennial audience that we knew that if we could take over the company and transform it into like a full service content agency and media company, um, that we'd be able to develop something pretty special. So that's where we are today. Yeah. So you guys were already working there when you took it over? 
No, so we wound up partnering um, at the beginning. Oh, so we came in as partners uh-huh. uh, with the founder of the company. Uh-huh. And then after about five months, uh, the founder, Julian, decided that um, you know, he kind of wanted to go on a new path and a new direction and yeah. explore just some new opportunities for himself. Mm-hmm. And so at that point, it just made sense for us to take it over. And Claire and I had a really clear and concise vision on what we wanted to turn Notable into. He had created such an amazing community across the country. And we were like, we want to take it. Now let's take it to the next level and let's bring in all of our expertise and backgrounds. Let's bring Mm -hmm. in all of our teams to help grow Notable so that we could really offer our partners a 360 experience coming into the company. So what does it mean a full service agency? So we have a bunch of companies within our portfolio. And so we have Notable, which is um, the publication and the media arm of the company. We have Notable Productions, which is a production company that does um, commercials, both for television and um, we call it non-linear and non-linear in and that side. So I can say commercials and podcasts and we do digital and like those kinds of things. We do mm-hmm. television shows. Um, we are so within that portfolio we're the executive producers of the Canadian Country Music Awards, which is like a giant two hour live broadcast. We just did it with Shania Twain earlier um this year. Um sorry, in September. Um and so that's what that arm of the company does. We have a creative agency within the company called Convey. We have an experiential agency called Iello. Um Notable does experiential campaigns with brands and so and we've just started to build an earned media division within the company, which mm-hmm. is like publicity and whatever. So that is what a full service con- uh, agency everything is. Ting, <laughs> yeah. Everything. Cool. We yeah. do. It, and that was like a big goal for us because there's so many different agencies across the com- country and each of them specialize in something different. And we never had the liberty in our careers of specializing in something different. We were when you bring up the CBC or any broadcaster we ever work with, we were tasked with, you have to create the media property. And so we always had to have, what's the content component? What's the experiential component? What is going to be the merchandising that's going to come out of it? So every single thing we had to look at always had all of those, when we talk about 360, all of those aspects that would create a media property. And so our big goal was to actually do that in-house. So after we acquired Notable fully, Mm -hmm. um, we then started looking at what else could we bring on board. And we found two other extraordinary entrepreneurs who had their own company. So one that Claire mentioned was Aiello, and the other Mm -hmm. one is Convey. And we knew that those were skill sets um, and expertise that we did not have that lived under the notable umbrella. Mm -hmm. And so we wound up acquiring those two companies as well and bringing those female leaders on to literally take charge and grow that under the whole notable media group so that we could really offer our partners a seamless experience coming into the company. Tina, what's been your, your, you're like a media person. Mm -hmm. What's been your experience with these sorts of people. These producers. I mean, my experience, the, you know, I, I have not like, luckily I've not really looked for opportunities, searched out opportunities, but you know, most frequently what happens with me is either a producer, like for example today. So mm-hmm. I was on CTV, but an hour ago a producer texted me because I have relationships with certain producers, in this case with CB, CTV, which I was also on about a week ago. You know, when one producer likes you, then they have their friends contact you. You know, we need a pediatrician to talk about X. Who do you know that does that well? Oh, you know, I'm on their kind of Rolodex for for the week or month or whatever. So CTV producer called me, texted me and said, are you free in an hour? And I was like, 
Sure. Can I do it from home? Yeah, you can do it from home. Okay, done. Like, that's it. That was my entire experience. So uh, mostly I'm, I'm kind of getting pitched by, by producers directly. And then from the other arm, and this is also very common amongst, like, influencers and ambassadors, is being, you know, um, requested to do various things through PR. Mm-hmm. So most frequently a PR company will um, access me and say, you know, I have this opportunity. Do you want to give this talk? Do you want to um, endorse this brand? Those kind yeah. of things. And then I work, and then they end up getting me gigs in the media so that the PR person point on the PR team will reach out to producers in various places. And so I'm just kind of like hands off. Well, I started my career in daily news. And so like we always, the advice I always give people are people who want to like do what you're doing, which is, you know, be called for television appearances. It's like, you have to be one of two things. You're either a subject matter expert, which you are, Mm -hmm. or you have to have a personality that supersedes the fact that you're not a subject matter expert. What are you saying? I exactly. am. <laughs> and so that's why you're and I'm just so a complimentary. <laughs> um, but being like something that's in between so or just being like, I want to be on TV, it doesn't, mm-hmm. in a news cycle, that doesn't work. So you either have to be a you or a you. <laughs> and we could do it together. <laughs> that's Take right. over the world. Oh my God, I love that. Yeah. Lol. Hilarious. Okay, so Dina and I have six kids. Mm, you have not each <laughs> together. <laughs> together we have three. Yeah. We have three. three. Nine yeah. kids. So yeah. tell us about your mama ships. Yeah, your parenting stories. I don't know. Whatever you want to tell us about who you are. Mama ships. Your mama ships. <laughs> yeah. So I have two little kids. I have a seven-year-old Eli, and I have a five-year-old little girl named Hallie. And it's been a crazy journey. Yeah, because you guys are doing this business and parenting at the same time. Yeah, we both work yeah. basically 24 hours a day, plus we're full-time moms. Mm-hmm. And on top of that, I drive an hour and a half to drop my kid off at school right by your house every single day. <laughs> we were talking about how our kids actually go to the same school, which for me is literally across the street and takes about three or four minutes to walk there. And you have your kids in the same school, but you live very far, and that sucks. Yeah, an hour and a half drive every morning. And then my husband has to go and do an hour and a half round trip to like go pick them up a pickup. But I didn't even know you were at the school because a lot of times I'm kind of the MIA mom. But I'm also MIA because I'm a working mom and I've got other shit going on and I don't volunteer for anything. I mean, I go to things like tomorrow, my my kid who's six has this thing in the morning as I'm going, you know, and working (laughs) afterwards. So I attend things, but I'm not a PTA mom. That is not what I enjoy. I don't have time for it. Not for me. Yeah. But I see my kids in the evening on the weekend. Same. I I think we have the exact same life schedule. And I'm very okay with that. And my kids are okay with that too. My parents sometimes go and like deliver pizza on Fridays and my kids love that. But yeah, PTA mom, I am not. Yeah. Like we've never seen a Friday pizza day. Although I'd love to say that. I even have the parents at the school. We have kind of this little tribe we've created at the school and they all help me because they know that I can only function off my calendar. So they send me calendar invites for like, there's actually, you're the Shabbat morning guest. And they'll like remind me and send me alert so that I actually show up and participate at the school as a whole. Oh, I will participate if I put it in my calendar and I'm good to go. Yeah. But that's, you know, a couple times a year. And my parents do it a couple times a year. And Angie's mom does it a couple times a year. And Andrew goes a couple times a year. We make it work. Yeah. Yes. But I'm definitely not like a hanging out with my kids every morning nor dropping them off. Andrew drops them off. Ugh, this pizza stuff sounds complicated. Yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't do it for me. But, you know, some moms are really, really into this stuff, right? I'm, I'm, yeah. We've had tons of listeners, I'm sure, that are really into, like, the volunteering at the kids' school thing. It doesn't do it for me. It doesn't, doesn't bring me joy. So 
I don't do it. Does it bring and I'm okay with Have that. you tried it? Because I sometimes wonder, like, people are like, would it bring you joy? I'm like, I don't know. Maybe it would to bring you joy, but I've never had the luxury of even attempting oh, to yeah. like, no, bring I know, myself I, I really have no it. interest. I mean, I don't have to book pizza, <laughs> and I could go and, and do the pizza thing, but to be honest, like, even these things that we go to, like, on the regular at the school, like these presentations and stuff, you know, I go, and I like seeing my kids, but, like, I can kind of take it or leave it. There's this, there's this, like, holiday thing that they do every year for the JKs and SKs every year, and we have four children, two years apart. Yeah. So for eight years, <laughs> we will go every December and have the exact same thing. And now we've gone four years in a row, because my kids are in, now in grade three and grade one, and JK, so she's gone five years in a row. And it's the exact same songs, in the exact same order, the same type of kids give the oh same kind God. of presentation. Like the smart kid does this, and the really funny kid does this line. And then the principal does <laughs> a presentation, and it's the same jokes. And me and Andrew know what's coming next. So I'm, I'm good. I don't need to also volunteer. I've I already experienced two of those. Yes. So I know the exact presentation. Eat, I know the exact uh, format. I can, yes. Yeah. And you can just replicate it over and over totally. again. I hope the yeah. school administrator is listening to this and knows oh, we've talked it's about time it. to We're like, uh, and they say, change, change it up, up the program. Program. They're like, oh, the Kulik Levies are here. And this is what, number five or number five? Yeah, funny. <laughs> we have three more. Uh-huh. <laughs> Anyway, that's I really think you're funny. just braver than me because after two, I was like, no, Colin. Am I going anymore? <laughs> oh, I was like, Colin in the vasectomy cart, right. there is like a 0% oh. chance I can go any further in life. <laughs> Andrew's quite eager, actually. My husband's very, very okay to have vasectomy like tomorrow if I wanted to. He even went for like a console and everything. And I was like, I can't do it. I can't, I can't do it. <laughs> and I don't even want more kids, but I don't want to like make it so I cannot have more kids. It's too final for me. Yeah. Yeah. I understand so, that. So far, the door is open, but it's not open at all. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Okay, so you have two kids, five and seven, and you have a... I have a nine-year-old boy. Uh-huh. Yeah. And I actually, sorry to say this, but am the class parent and was on the parent council. But why are you, you apologizing? Because you, uh, you guys were just apologize. went on and yeah. on about how it's <laughs> shitty. <laughs> I was like, it's not for them. Uh, totally. Um, no, um, I'm the class parent mainly because I um, have given it up every year to other parents, and then they don't give me any fucking information. And so I'm like, okay, I'll just be the class parent because I'm a control freak. And then I actually know when, mm-hmm. you know, and, and and my son, who's like a miniature producer, is always like, what are the details on something? And so that's why I'm the class parent. And you love it? Uh, no. Oh, okay. It, no, I don't love it. It doesn't give you joy. No. Oh, okay. Being a Fine. class parent does not give you joy yeah. because you have all these parents. When did like, Marie Kondo you know, start informing our podcast? <laughs> <I know. laughs> oh, no, that's not joyful. Yeah. No, no, no. <laughs> no but some people really like this shit. It's, it doesn't yeah, do it for me, but some no. people really love it. I have friends and that like, my, love it, this shit. Yeah, no. In my first year of being part of the parent council, I asked if we could do, because I work with a bunch, I, I, like the school has a bunch of moms who don't um, have full-time jobs uh, outside of the home. And I had, they would always set the executive meetings to be at two o'clock in the afternoon. And I'd be like, is there any way we could do a dial in number? And it was like, they were so offended that I brought up the possibility of maybe making this a conference call. (laughs) Uh, So then I was like, okay, I'm out. (laughs) That's not going to work for my schedule. I sure really like that about our school in particular is all the, all the presentations and shit like that. Um, And our parent conferences are like in the evening or first thing in the morning. So this thing tomorrow was at 830, which is like, so conducive to like a working parent. I quite like it. Oh, that's it. good. Whereas a lot of other schools they do but like 12 or one or two and you're like, how would I how do as I a working there? person? You have to leave early yeah. or whatever. So yeah. I, I appreciate that. So in, yeah. our, in your world, guys, like you are moms working around the clock, parenting, and then also having to run this massive company. So what's the, what's the secret sauce? How do you make it, how do you make it rain and keep yourself sane? I'm going to keep going on this terrain. <laughs> 
<laughs> just kidding. Keep going. Keep going. I love it. I'm it waiting. Keep the rhyme. I don't, I don't else. <laughs> yeah, I think it's. I was thinking about this the other day because yeah. it's like, how do you do? Everybody's it all? different. You know what? I think doing it all is like less like paring down your life, so you actually have less stuff that you're trying to accomplish every day. And mm-hmm. being like, for me, the other day, my my kid, um, my son looked at me, and uh, we were talking about. Uh, like higher power universe stuff. And he looked at me and he was like, you know, mom, just because we shared a belly button and I came out of your stomach, I had a C-section. So he actually did come out of my stomach. Mm -hmm. Um, He said, doesn't mean we have to agree on things or have the same opinions. And I don't agree. I don't believe in a higher power. And I said that I'm so proud of you for saying that you don't need to. Um, and I'm glad, I don't want you to think the same as me. And I remember asking some of my friends uh, on the weekend, I was like, did you have critical thinking at nine years old? Mm-hmm. Because I just think I shared a brain with my parents. Um, and we all were like, no, did not have that at nine. Don't even think I had that at 21. So for me, it's been like trying to pare down stuff. Like I have things at home where I'm like, okay, I will not, unless it's Carly calling me, I will not respond to work stuff until like after eight o'clock because I don't need to, like, unless it's really important. And instead, I started focusing more on my time, like, talking about, I don't know, uh, world issues, politics, like, with Noah, because he's at that age now where he can, like, intake it. And uh, the other day, I was like, yay, I did something right. Finally, Good he for has you. critical thinking. That's awesome. That's awesome. Honestly, and that's willing, a remarkable thing. Totally, and he's willing to. And he pushed back at me, and exactly. I was like, "Exactly, that's what's going to say." I'm yeah, so proud of you. He's willing to not agree with you because he should, as your child or whatever, and yeah. in a respectful way. Like totally. it sounded quite respectful. Like I don't feel the same as you, yeah. but that's okay. Yeah, I and I, I told him yesterday when I picked him up from school, I was like, I'm so proud of you. I mentioned to several friends that you have critical thinking, and that's amazing. Like, I did not have that at nine. And he was like, okay, cool. This is just how I think. Whatever. It's enough compliments for you, child. Right. <laughs> I can't wait for my kids to be that old. My, my eldest is eight, and he, he is quite a critical thinker, and he really thinks with the world, and he's quite sensitive and um, almost like vulnerable in a way. I mean, yeah. at his age. Yeah. So yeah, it's fun having conversations with him now. It's uh, it's much more entertaining. It's much more like real love. I feel like I'm talking to a friend when I talk to him, which Me is cool because he's eight. Yeah. yeah. And I think I was similar to him. Uh, quite precocious. He's he's like that as well. But my <laughs> six-year-old, I can have conversations with him, but he's so not that same type of personality. So it's, yeah. it's very different. Yeah. yeah. It's amazing when they're that age and they actually get out of being kid and into start like independent thinking. Yeah. Anyway. Very cool. That's so awesome. I don't know. That's, so is it more like delegating then? Like you feel like you're able to separate because other people are taking care of the shit that you're not taking care of in the moment? Yeah. I think on the work front, you know, you, you really have to like prioritize and come from a place of trust. Because if you can't come up from a place of trust, then just you, you should have nobody working for you. Like everybody should just be fired. Or you... um Because all that's going to do is just place it on you constantly. Um and so there's we have great people who work in our organization. How many how many people work for you guys now? I don't know, twenty something. Yeah, I think we're, we're I think we're over that now. I think we're probably at a twenty five plus number. But we also scale those up based full-time. on those are just full time, and then we scale up based on all the campaigns. So when we're doing something, you know, like the Canadian Country Music Awards or any large scale production that we do, we obviously scale up a whole secondary production team that's uh-huh. just dedicated to working on that. Yeah, how many employees do you have? Yet? 
15, 14, 15, something mm-hmm. like that. And yeah. then a few part-time people and things. managing people in HR. And that's also, and that's, that's, that's a staff, <sighs> right? I mean, I have 64 people now that work at Kikru, whether they're doctors or health people. I think being a mom yeah. helps you be a better manager. Tell us about that. Go there. I really, do Run you find it. that? I think it's my personality anyway, but yeah. I also, I mean, I'm very good at delegating and I'm not a control freak, yeah. really. I'm, yeah. I'm very okay to not be on top of everything. Yeah. Um, I'm type A, no doubt, quite OCD about that kind of stuff, but I'm, I'm okay to delegate and not be the one person there always. But I definitely have a finger on the pulse and I'm very super involved in all aspects of my business. But um, yeah, I mean, I have four kids. I, I can't be on top of everyone all the time. And nor was I even really on top of just Dylan when it was just Dylan mm-hmm. for those couple of years. Um, I have to put out fires and just move on and do that quickly. And I say I, I like organized chaos. I think, mm-hmm. I think for me, it just makes you a more empathetic leader and more compassionate leader and more, you know, and it builds up your patience and tolerance. Totally. I think being a mom and putting yourself into a leadership position on you and professionally. And how many women on your team are moms? <laughs> uh, not very it. many. Not very many. Like I'm, I'm trying to think of how many are. We have a, we have a pretty, um, we have a pretty heavy millennial team. Yes, that would And so sense. I feel like a lot of people are like very closely approaching that stage. They're not there yet. Yeah. Not quite there yet. Yeah, interesting. Yeah. Okay. Do you find a big difference between the millennials and the non-millennials in terms of their, you know, people speak so much about how, you know, they're entitled, the ribbon generation or whatever, you know, less likely to work hard, all these kind of things. Like, do you find that to be the case? Uh, Oppositely, a lot of people say they work so hard because they're like constantly striving to be better and, you know, put off families and, you know, just work other careers, et cetera. I think they're definitely work is a lifestyle. And so, the work has to fit what they want into their lifestyle as right. opposed to like when Carly and I met, we met on a show where the work was your life. Mm. Like you did not have a life outside of that. So you better be friends with everybody who works there. And mm-hmm. we all got married at the same time, had kids at the same time, but homes at the same time because we're all around the same age. And, but now what we find is that they want the work to fit into their life. And then they, so they mold the work mm-hmm. and the perks of like what our our businesses, um, into fitting into their lifestyle. So it's like, it's not like that they don't work hard, but you guys, it's like, it's so cool. You guys do. Honestly, they went, they threw the party, the notable awards. Mm-hmm. I was telling you about it was the best fucking party guys. Maybe I'm old or whatever, but like I had a It's blast. so much fun. People every year talk party. about, yeah, no, like People I have love it. I have not <laughs> been to notable in years. Like I haven't been to the awards in years. And I had not partied that hard since my stag at D. What was I'm so great about it? What was, what was cool Well, first of all, it was my whole girl crew. It was like the whole, right. we mommed out so hard. I think there was 11 or 12 of us. <laughs> and we just did every activation. It was like, it was completely Hamish. That's what I would call it. Like it was, it felt like a simcha, like a party, <laughs> like so much food, so much booze. So many people were just happy to be there. And like, you guys didn't miss a freaking beat. The band was jumping. It was like Instagrammable candy. I had so much fun. My girls, like some of the moms didn't go home until two in the morning, two in the morning. <laughs> Their moms. <laughs> I was like, at 1130 and I thought I was like, I was like raging. Like, yeah. I was like at a rave. It was Sweet, awesome. <laughs> it was I like, so they had, they had Dwayne Gretzky, which is this awesome, amazing, like we should get Dwayne Gretzky for yeah. our opening party. Sure. <laughs> for our launch. They're amazing. Of our yeah. They're amazing. Uh, anyways. And like my entire mom team was at the front row of Dwayne Gretzky being like, wake me up. <laughs> it's like literally throwing their hands in the air. Like, 
they had like as like they were rock stars. It was unbelievable. So it was a really good party. So you guys have some you cool shit. A good party. That's we cool. do really. What else do you do? Yeah, we do a yeah. lot of really fun parties. Right. Yeah. Um, but I also think that is like the credit when you talk about millennials. Like that's the credit to our millennial team because they are out every night. They're experiencing what's happening, what's fresh in the city, and so they. When we think about it, and that's why, truthfully, yeah. the two of I don't like we don't sleep, and the team doesn't sleep before those types of events for weeks because right. we're sitting there looking at every single programming opportunity, every single moment, so that when you come to it, you have that type of experience. But not, but a lot of people try to do that, guys. I have to be honest. People are trying. You know what? And t- things are ticketed. And things are Can highly- I tell you what our secret is on you that? To, yeah, I want to tell we everybody. Used, yes. We started our careers in daily television. Right. And there is no higher discipline. And I, like, I know I sound like a fucking nerd right now, but no, like, please. there is no higher discipline than having to execute live television. And so our standards are so high. Yeah. And our whole team has been trained to, like, you could put cameras all over that place yeah. and it could be a two hour live broadcast. Yeah. <laughs> and the way we, it, we don't think about doing events, we think about creating the highest level experience that we can. Yeah. And with like no mistakes. And our team is so amazing. And what happens is, is like there will be tiny things. Like we rip ourselves apart on tiny things that we think everybody noticed and nobody does. And it's really because we started in television. And so our event level is so high. Well, and I have to tell you, I'm somebody who has extremely high standards when it comes to event production because I've done this my whole career. Mm -hmm. So the truth is I don't usually see things at that level of standard ship. That's the truth. Yeah. Like where you walk in and like everything Dina was just like. We got to go, Ben. No, I'm going to take you next year. You guys are coming. I think I tried to buy you a ticket. I really, I want to go now. I think I tried to buy (laughs) you a ticket. I think I sent you. I had a ticket. Maybe something happened. That didn't happen. Okay. I tried maybe. Whatever, guys. (laughs) We'll take care of Dr. Dina next year, right? Amazing. You guys are I have to be honest. Like I, I do a lot of event circuits. And I'm always looking for like the coolest, yeah. newest things that are happening events. And you guys literally had every activation, every brand represented. A guy could get a shave and a, and a haircut and a girl could get a blowout. But you could also get your ink tattoo, like your semi-permanent tattoo. You could like drink every tequila under the sun. You had like 25 foot 20, long sandwiches at the end of the night. And Dwayne Gretzky. <laughs> like yeah. everything was completely in stadium seating. Like I could go through everything because I noticed everything because I need you to know how much like you Thank noticing you. me noticing you. I noticed you killing Thank it. You. Like and for me, I think like it's like a, it was like a gold standard. Like if I could give it like a like a hexer, like a you got to stand, man. You got to stand you. for me, seriously. Well, it's I years off of credit. our life, but I'm glad you had a great time. And your team works hard. <laughs> I was at a podcast event at your space right yeah. before you did a cannabis activation a few yeah. months ago, and yeah. your entire team was upstairs in the dark working. <laughs> it was like 11:30. I was, I think it was 39 weeks pregnant, and I was like, Yes, that's right. What is happening here? And you're like we have an event in Calgary next week. There was like 25 people working at 1130 at night. Yeah. How do you guys manage that being moms? Like you feel like torn. I I mean, that's a discipline that we were kind of raised in. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what, Claire kind of addressed, like, you know, we, we had different career paths kind of before we met at the CBC. I was in LA for a long time. Claire was working in theater. And the two of us, it was, it was like a work hard, play hard type of environment. Um, but it was work. Every single thing was first. And so I kind of attributed the exact same thing to family. And I think what, what makes it work is that I actually remember this moment and I won't call out the organization out of just sheer respect right now. But, uh, I remember that moment where I actually wanted to have kids and I, I never told 
anybody that I worked with other than you um, that I I was pregnant until I was six months pregnant. I did the same thing. I didn't tell anybody until I was five months. This was just before I met you. What were you you worried about? What what was the concern? Well, because we were the workhorses. Yeah. And so in in our careers, as we kind of grew up through the ranks, everybody looked at us and we were workhorses. And they knew that we were going to be the people that weren't going to sleep at night to make sure that we delivered the most premium quality experience, event, television production, whatever it was that we were working on. And I think that for me, I knew that at the time I had a boss that was not going to be forgiving of me being pregnant. And that was going to put a lot of, um, just, uh, I knew that I was going to receive on the other end, so many comments in terms of like, what, how is that going to impact your output and delivery? And so I remember being six months pregnant, petrified, to tell my boss, and like I was at the point where like I'm apparently showing, like I had a week or two give where there was like a zero. It wasn't just chance. a big meal. No, 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 yeah. no. Like it was, it was getting no. uncomfortable. Yeah, it wasn't a 25 yeah. foot long right. thought. Yeah. yeah, which we ate that night, of course, at the Notable Awards. <laughs> but I was like, I have to tell my boss now that I'm. Wait, was your boss male or female? He was male. Do you think it would have made a difference if if that person was a female? And then sub question: If the female had children. I think if the female had children, I would have felt a, semp- a, a certain sense of sympathy. But I even know the person senior to to my boss was a female who did have children. And there wasn't a level of sympathy. It was like, well, what are we going to do when Carly is no longer going to be the workhorse here yeah. that's going to deliver everything? And so even when I told them, it was like the smiles of, oh, we're so happy for you. Congratulations. How long do you think you're going to take off? Yeah. And I remember before I could even exit out of the conversation, they were offering me childcare options if I wanted to come immediately back to work and have someone watch my child in my office. And so, you know, that whole experience was one, a big driver for me, but it was like, I know the worker I am. I know the worker Claire is. So we have a certain discipline in how we are able to work together. And it's one of the reasons we decided to go out on our own to do your own thing. Yeah. Do our own thing, have our own company, set our own set of rules and principles in terms of how we're going to work, how we're going to be parents. And so I think to me, that was like the biggest driver in terms of like, I kind of, I can do it all. And I know people say it as like a statement, but I actually really believe it. But like Claire said, it's about prioritizing. So I wake up really early in the morning. Like I have my own set of a routine. I have to drive an hour and a half in the morning. You need that time. So I need to wake up really early. I need to get everything planned for the kids. I need to get them out the door. I have a whole, you know, shove them in the car, bento box routine. They have a schmata on them. They pull it off, wipe their face, jump out of the car. Like it's a circle that I've created because that's how I know how to format my day. Get to the office, you know, we and then we work. And like for us, like when we are at work, we're working. It's not, it's not focused on 50 different priorities. Like we're digging in, we're doing our work because I want to get home and I want to be there for dinner. And I know mm-hmm. I'm not going to make dinner. And so I've also set up my life in a way that I have the type of support so that I can be the mom I want to be on the other end. Mm-hmm. But I come home and I'm with my kids. I feed them dinner. I'm giving them their baths. I'm reading them their books. I'm talking to them about their days. Um, I put them to bed and then I'm back at work. And so it's just about, for me, setting that kind of system and those priorities in my life so that I can do what I want. But that also comes with the ability that we're two women who are entrepreneurs t- and have each other's back That's that awesome. we can create a balance in it. Yeah, I, I have the exact same experience. Like I don't, I don't cook 
basically at all. I mean, yeah. Andrew cooks on the weekend, but I don't cook. I don't want to. I don't like it. Again, it doesn't bring me joy, so I don't do it. Um, <laughs> I don't do laundry. You yeah. know, I don't make lunches. Andrew makes lunches. Um, but yeah, when I come from work, like, you know, we take our kids to school and then I have me time. I work out because that's very important to me to wake me up and make me feel good and whole. And, and she sees 80 patients a day. <clears throat> and then I see patients back to back to back to back to back. I know. I can't imagine yeah, a lot, you do it. A lot, a lot. And my youngest son comes with me to work so he joins me in the afternoon so I get to see him that way so it's very That's you know cool. unique kind of maternity leave that we've got going on um, and he, he spends the afternoon there and has a nap in the afternoon there and I bring him home and then we have dinner together as a family mm-hmm. I didn't I don't cook it I, I enjoy it we sit together all of us and then we do bath we do bedtime yeah. and all the stuff and so and then I go back to work um, and, and I'm, you know I'm working on my computer so that's how, how I manage it but when I'm with my kids I'm with my kids I'm yeah. not on my phone I'm not on my computer um, I'm face to face with them one on one or one on four or however it works out but uh, but yeah I mean I think I think you can be a working successful mom entrepreneur you could be super busy see 80 patients a day you could run businesses etc and still be an awesome mom. I really do think you could do that. What's your deal, lady? <laughs> How do you make it rain? Um, I have a system yeah. to what I'm doing. Um, I think you know it's I I don't want to be the type of person that goes to bed like super exhausted every night and like hasn't like puts the kids on a circuit and blah 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 and then I'm just throwing myself into bed to wake up. I've done I did that for a really long time and it's I just don't think it's like we work in a creative industry, so it's very hard to be creative when you're like, you know what I mean? Like you're so overly formatted in, in what you're doing. Um, and so like, I really worked hard to, there's many times of the year where like I'm inundated with, I'm primarily in, in the work we do look oversee a lot of the television stuff we do so there's many times of the year and the time of the year that really sucks for me is the first day of school because I'm every year for the past five years I've been out of the t- out of town doing a live television show and like so I'm just like I try and find balance through the rest of the year um and uh and then find moments with my son where we can connect on things that are interesting to me too. So like world politics and we talked about the Kavanaugh hearings and we talk about things that I'm also interested in. Um, but he's at that age. You can't do that at every age. But, Mm -hmm. um, and then, and then I feel when I go to bed at night, like, Oh, I, I did like get to see the news, which is like really important Mm -hmm. to me. Plus I, baked my son into that, you know, yeah. the stuff I'm doing for myself. Yeah. yeah. It's all about burying. Um, yeah. I, I, it's funny you mentioned that, right? My, I, uh, I, I'm very obsessive about filing and I have like, you know, all my file folders and my binders for taxes and everything gets categorized and whatever, mm-hmm. um, because of my OCD, I guess. Um, and now Dylan helps me with that. So like I'll, I'll put things <laughs> into piles and then he'll, and then like once a month or whatever, he's like, do you want to do your taxes? I want to do my taxes. No, we're not doing taxes at all. We're just filing things, but he calls yeah. it my taxes. And, and we have these binders and he puts like the labels on the binders for like, this is for Kid Crew and this is for uh-huh. other brands or whatever. Anyway, and he like stamps holes and things and he feels kind of connected and I'm connecting with him on like a totally not like typical mom level, but he's learning and seeing what we do and, and, fi- and seeing what, again, brings us joy, right? Yeah. What brings me joy and he's involved in it and it's, it's a cool way to connect just like talking to your kid about, yeah. about politics, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. And your kids also learn that. Like I watched totally. my daughter the other day and she came up to me and she was like, mom, we need to talk about my allowance. Dylan and actually has my allowance last week too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I was like, I give them two bucks 
each on a Sunday if they've just been reasonable human beings. <laughs> like the bar is low if they and assholes. they get it. Yeah. yeah, like if you're not an asshole, you get $2. Right. <laughs> if you make me miserable on a Sunday, it's out. Like there's right. zero chance. It really all comes down it. to that day when they're getting allowance. Like they totally. could have been assholes Monday, Tuesday, but if they worked hard to be good by Sunday, they're good to go. Oh yeah. yeah. Saturday, Sunday, if you like if you make me enjoy the weekend with you, right. like you're golden. It's like you got Christmas. Your two bucks. If you're good for December, you're pretty good. Yeah. 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 And my daughter looks at me and she's like, I want to talk about the money. And I was like, talk about the money. And, you know, uh, when Claire was... She's five, right? Yeah, 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 she's five. And so, you know, a part of... I've always handled in the business the acquisition and sales and finances. And so I'm someone who my favorite sport and activity in life is to negotiate. And I didn't really realize how that had rubbed off on my five-year-old daughter until she's sitting there and she's like, we need to talk about the money. And I was like what part about the money do we need to talk about? And my son is looking just so sweetly at like, Hallie, what, what, what's wrong with the money? And she's like, the money is not reflective of our ages. And my son's like, Hallie, what, what do you mean we get $2 each a week? He's and like, he's so like, good. Yeah, like he's like, this sweet. is a great deal. He's yeah. like, this yeah. is amazing. Don't screw this yeah. up for us. And she's like, I'm five, Eli, and you're seven, and the money should be reflective of our ages. And I look at her and I was like, so you think you deserve to get $2 less than your brother because for doing the exact same thing? Is she negotiating for him? Well, she's negotiating. He nego- needs a bump. Exactly. Well, she's now negotiating on behalf of the whole family because she's like, no, Eli, I think that we both should get $5 if we're good and $7 if we're great. Because as we get older, mom, we're going to want more expensive items. So the, the dollars need to grow with our age. And I'm looking at her and my husband, of course, is like in the corner mortified, like what type, like what, what monster did, you, did you just create in the house? Because she's sitting in the car listening to you negotiate. And, um, but she does it so well. And, uh, I'd be so proud of her. I'd be giving high fives. Well, so your $5 in that it. moment. I'm like, well, yeah. I'm like, I got to give you something. So Eli jumps in and he's like, Hallie, there's no way. Like that's like asking mom to do $10 or $12 a week. Like that is a lot of money. Mommy works really hard to make money. And she looks at him and she's like, Eli, no, that's $10 or $14. But anyways, and she's just correcting him all the way in the path. And so I try and trick her. So I'm like, okay, well, why don't I give you guys $5 or $7 a month? And granted she's five. So she looks at me and she's like, well, how many weeks are in a month? And I'm like, well, there's four weeks in a month. She's like, mom, that's a minimum of $8. Like, this is a terrible (laughs) deal. And she's like, she's like, what if we split the money? And so I was like, you guys want to split $5 or $7 a week. So that's a great idea. Why don't you guys work as a team? And if you're great during the week, you'll get $5 or you'll get $7. And Eli's in the background like, Hallie, this is a terrible deal. We should not be taking this <laughs> they need deal. To learn division. Like, yeah. They need to learn division here. And yeah. she's like, she's like, but hold on, mom. What do you do? What, what do we do with the extra dollar? Who gets the extra dollar if it's only $5 when we normally get four? Because she has no concept, again, of change. And I was like... So see these like quarters over here, you'll each get 50 cents. She's like, okay, great. I'll take that deal. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I don't know, Hallie. I, I don't think this is the right thing. We're going to have like a million dollars at the this end of like the year. He's like Shark Tank. Yeah. And, ha- and she's just to shoving him out of the way. And she's like, trust me, Eli, we're taking the deal, mom. <laughs> and so I'm like looking, but I also like, I, in that moment, I was like, that's pretty amazing. Like, I love that my five-year-old little firecracker can sit there and negotiate an entire deal. And she gets that from having to sit with a mom who has to negotiate deals as they drive home and and listen to it. And so I'm like, you know, you kind of, you, 
they're going to figure it out alongside you and whatever it is that you do, yeah. like whether it's like filing or apparently negotiating, right. you know, learn, they're going to pick the up skills. those skills. And, and hopefully seeing us love doing what we're doing. Yeah. Right? Because if they see us loving, hopefully they'll value that we are working moms as busy as we are. Totally. Yeah. Do you know how important is role modeling? Like modeling in that sense? Oh, I think it's everything. It's everything. I think it's like more Tell important than anything. I, th- I have a two and a half year old, so it's like, you know. No, I think, I think except for television, but yeah, yeah, no, but I think you're role wanting all the always, even like for mm-hmm. like little, little ones, um, you're, you're showing them how to act in the world, right? Like all your values, everything that that's important to you, you're showing them by spending time doing things by face to face, by how do you talk to someone? How, how do you interact? How do you, everything, everything. And as a mom boss, as we are around mm-hmm. this table, like, I think for me, that's crucial. I'm not sure about you guys, but I grew up like the way that you you were describing your son, like I grew up, my love for my father was shown by like, how much can I work for my dad? Right. Like my whole life was like, how much time can I spend like helping my parents with their business? That's how I grew up. Yeah. And I think I'm trying to model for my children. Like I work hard. And the truth is I have a hard time putting down my phone any time of the day. I'm a complete, I have a crack addiction to my cell phone. So even when I'm with my kid, I'm like, "Mm mm-hmm. Like I have to like move it away from my face and make a conscious effort to put the fam before the gram. Yeah, I think think it is. I think it it is a conscious decision, like you say, right? You have to decide that, and it may not be important to you. Right. Right, like if if it's not important to you, then don't do it. But um, yeah, I think it's important to them though, I have to say, like I have to speak for your children um, who won't even recognize that. But I, for me, I'm super, super conscious that if my if my kids are seeing me on their phone, yeah. I don't want them to ever feel like my phone or my job or Instagram or whatever is more important than them. Yeah. And my kids probably don't feel like the way and Elias probably doesn't feel that way, but I, I, I'm sensitive to the fact that they might. And it's funny because when I see my husband do it and we're both equally as guilty, I'm like, babe, put your phone down. And I'm like, I'm like, how's my phone? I'm like, babe, put your phone down. Like yeah. we both, like I see him do it. I'm like, we had to be present. So yeah. I think it's a, honestly an issue that a lot of parents have, especially when you're working as hard as we do. It's hard. You know yeah. what? I try, I started giving my son context for why I'm on my phone. And it really helped and changed so you're things. You're like, mommy's on the phone right now because she's closing no, a billion like, dollars. He, he thought I was on Instagram for just being on Instagram. Uh-huh. And I would say to him, hey, just so you know, I'm actually working right now because I'm looking at these feeds because of X, Y, Z. And then he stopped taking it personally when I was on my phone. And it took me realizing that, oh, when I pick up my phone, he doesn't know I'm looking at emails. He just thinks I'm... Um, he. <laughs> He doesn't think I'm looking at emails. He thinks I'm I'm just looking at my phone because wow. he doesn't have context for it because he doesn't have a phone that he scrolls through. My, you know my kids mean? ask me to put them on Instagram now, and then yeah, and, and I did it a couple of days ago, and I realized oh, like so they they it was it was super cute. But mm-hmm. when they start asking me to put them on Instagram, I feel like maybe you guys are seeing me pay too much attention to Instagram. Yeah. I'm yeah. not even a big Instagrammer. Like I, I I'm not. Yeah. I don't spend as much time as you guys do at all. But when they're like asking to be on it, like hmm. Why? Why is that you want to be on it? It's because it's attention. Like they're looking for attention, mm-hmm. right? And I did. I put them on Instagram, and it was cute. People liked it. But <laughs> I got a lot of and likes. I would do it again. I would do it again. <laughs> yes. Yeah, but I, I try really hard to put my phone up. But it is. It's hard. It's really difficult. Yeah. Yeah. What is your big challenge, guys? What are you guys facing? What's keeping you up at night right now? Mm, we're expanding into the U.S. this year. No big deal. Uh, no big deal. Nothing. <laughs> so Carly and I are working on that. We're just hiring up a team. So we're meeting people today. Yeah. Uh, one of the moms is on one of the women we met. She's on mat leave. And so, mm. um, she was, we were talking about a flex program with her. Um, and, uh, so we're doing that and that's a big move for us. And we're working with a huge global brand that is taking us into the U S cause we're doing a big 
partnership with them. So it's exciting, but also big. And we are, uh, I mentioned country music earlier this year. We're not just doing the television show. We're doing the entire whole, all the events, all the content, all the marketing, all the sale, all the television, like it's very big project, Mm -hmm. um, on top of all the other stuff we do in the company. So those are the things that I think keep like, those are the things we're focused on right now. So you guys like, I, I'm always curious about this. Is it like you come in contact with a client or a brand and you're like, they're like, we want this, we want the moon. And you're like, I can give that to you. And then you're like, we have to find the moon. Or is it like, <laughs> we like, like you figure, like, you know what I mean? Like you, you cater to them and what you're, what they want, or do you already have everything and basically can package out what you already have available? Or do you guys sort of meet them with, with whatever requests that they We have. customize every plan. Every single thing. And so one, that was one of that's the big exhausting. things. That keeps you up at night. That's that, exhausting. It, it's right. exhausting. Um, but for us, it's the only way that we actually believe that we can deliver people success. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, when we actually first came into the company, it was like, like a lot of media companies or traditional agencies, it's like, here is your rate card and we're going to serve it up to you. And this mm-hmm. is what you pay for every single thing that you want. Right. And it just, it's against our philosophy. And so the first thing we did was we checked out the rate card. We're like, that's not going to bring anyone value. What's the budget? What is it that your goals and objectives are? And then let us actually build out a plan. And that's why the first thing we did, we brought, you know, production in-house. We brought an earned media team in-house. We brought, um, amazing contributors nationally across the country. Like everything we did was that so that we could actually go to people and say, we're going to build you a plan that's Mm going to deliver you the actual results that you want on the other end. But that comes with constantly being creative and like constantly ideating, like what is this campaign going to ultimately look like for any client? So every single, you know, campaign that we're building looks completely different. Um, is customized. Obviously, we, we've we done this so many times that yeah. we know what's going to garner a certain result. We know what an experiential event is going to, is going to, you know, at the end of the day look like, but we customize it so that we could actually, you know, provide value to people on the other end. And you're working like with brands? Like who's your client? Oh. I mean, not specifically, but like, yeah. yeah. Everybody, all brands, mainly yeah. consumer package. Brands goods. are reaching yeah. out to you to say like, I mm-hmm. want to reach this market. Brands and agencies. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they'll tell you their budget. Cause I find in my experience and I'm where I'm like, I'm like a mom and pop shop. I'm like literally nano in comparison to you guys. But like, I have a hard time. I'll be like, okay, tell me what your budget. And they like, won't say it. They're like, can we see your rate card? Yeah. That's what I always get back. It's really hard to right? change. So I find it's, it's hard to change. Like, even though you guys want to change and you know, you, you can't bring, you know, the mansion to Muhammad all the time. So have you been able to, uh, it's a balancing act. So like a lot of times we, um, Oh yeah, no problem. So a lot of times what we find is like, and it's taken two years. This has been an evolution of two years to actually be able to get to the point where we can have that dialogue. But now we've delivered so much success and so many campaigns to them that there really isn't that gameplay in the middle of like, tell me your price first. Um, so I think that's like, truthfully, just a part of like growing with different partners that you're working with. But sometimes we just go back to them and we're like, this is what it's going to cost. But I find that when somebody says, this is what my budget is, we actually throw way more value into it because we can, because we understand our margins. Then when we don't really know, we actually have to be far more conservative in terms of what we're going to offer up because we know there's 50 variables on the other side that are going to impact like what that's actually going to 
due to our margins. And I want to go back, Carly. You mentioned a little bit about that you're an excellent negotiator, and that's the thing you love the most. As a woman and as a woman who I consider myself to be a mini mom boss, it's the thing I hate the most is negotiation. Mm. How did you get to a place where you loved negotiation? Tell us about that. I mean, it's my favorite sport. I, I feel like there's some out. genetics there that your daughter also has, yeah. perhaps. I mean, Did I think it's a part of my DNA. Or? Yeah. Um, but I love to negotiate. Like, people love different sports and activities. Like, my favorite sport and activity my whole entire life was Do negotiating. No, never. Well, I was actually, you'd think that she would be, uh, you know, into law. I was going to, of course, the, the family path. I remember my parents being like, you are going to law school. Yeah. And so, you know, I got all of the pushes and I was like, I'm going into entertainment and I'm going to move to LA and I don't have a visa and I can't actually live or work in the country, but I'm going to move there and I'm going to get a job. And they were like, we'll give you a month. Like, go to LA, see if you can even get an interview. And like, here's a three-month max. And after that, if you can't make it, like, it's over. And uh, so I remember going to LA. And the first thing I did, I was very fortunate. I got a job within the first couple of weeks. But it was all based on negotiating and being able to, like, walk in there, figure out what's my path, who do I have to talk to, how am I going to figure it out. But You're a hustler. You gotta. Like, I mean, and and I think, you know, I grew up with a mom who used to negotiate when we were buying a bag of milk at the corner store on Marley. And so (laughs) I was used to like, you know, there's always a conversation in terms of what's the price? What's it going to look like? How can we all win? And I I always learned growing up that like, it's only fun to negotiate when every single person wins. And so I just approached every negotiation in life as like, you have to make money. I have to make money. We both have to win. But how Mm. can we actually come to something where it's a win-win situation? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I brilliant. feel like all like entrepreneurs are negotiators in some way, right? Like it's it's how we get through. You have to yeah. have those difficult conversations sometimes. Yeah, I agree with you. Yeah, I just oh. know that Carly. I know personally, Carly's a very good negotiator. Yeah. <laughs> she sure is. <laughs> She's a really good negotiator. Um, okay, well, uh, what's the next like big thing for you guys, or what's like the coolest activation you guys have seen? I'm so curious. Um, like, what what's like you're like super excited about when it comes to content marketing or brand? Like, what's the next big trend or thing you're super pumped with? We're, go for it. I don't know if I'm allowed to say it. Say it. Say it. I won't, I, won't give, I won't give details. No, give us some high level. We're looking at doing a merchandising collaboration with one of the biggest stars in the world in music with one of like, you know how there's like four of the biggest brands in the world with... Okay. At one of those brands. Okay. So cool. I can't, I wish I could, we could say That's more, okay. but we're, um, it's pretty cool. Yeah. And it's a content and merchandising and marketing collaboration. And it starts, we, we looked at it because it was going to start as a, a, a Canadian thing. Cause it's a huge Canadian star. That's oh, a global cool. star. Yeah. And then a huge, and a, and a global brand that has an office in Canada. I guess. No, we can't. We can't. I mean, you can, can guess, guess, but we're not allowed to say anything. Okay, don't say anything. Mm, Justin Bieber with Converse, do a collaboration of a shoe. Close. Okay. <laughs> You're close in star power. Okay. Oh, wow. Um, Drake. He's the only bigger one I could think of. The other thing that we're doing that, that we're both really excited about. <laughs> The other thing that we're doing that we're both really excited about is Claire and I also partnered on a tequila brand. So when you had mentioned Notable Awards and all the tequila flowing, maybe that was a little bit of personal motivation that we had on our end to feature our brand, but we partnered with um, Aguamil Tequila. Uh And so that's been a super fun project, actually taking a brand from its inception, launching it in the market. We're taking it right now to the U.S. Uh So we're about to launch in four different states in the U.S. And so it's been just a really fun project because for 
us, we always have all the brands coming to us and saying, hey, can you market this and you know, help us sell it. And so that's what we're experts in. And so Mm -hmm. it's been, it's been an amazing experience, I think, for both of us to actually be invested in the product and understand what it actually takes to produce the product and move the product and get it state to state and, you know, just all of those kind of variables. So it's been a great experience. I was going to say, Dean, I think these are I got some stuff coming. (laughs) Yeah. Um, That's cool. I didn't know you guys did that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. All the things. Yeah. Yeah. All the things. All the things. Okay. Well, Very cool. What are you guys thinking about? Okay, so you're going to the states with a big brand and a big thing. Okay, question: Instagram stories, Instagram TV. Is that even a thing? Instagram TV is not. That's not a thing. Instagram stories are. I know. I know. Instagram. I like live you know, on Instagram amazing. stories. But yeah. I feel like, if, let's say there's a mom boss who's listening right now and she's like a rising. You know, maybe don't she's do small. Instagram TV. What is it? Because I just started looking at it. I'm it's, like, it's I be a doing very. This? It's they've had a, a real challenge with launching it and I think they're going to do they're doing a rebrand of it at some point it's just not a it's not a habit and a behavior and um which is why they're they started pushing stories because Instagram TV just wasn't doing it so then they doubled up their efforts on the stories. stories. So like rising influencers, people that have like this uh-huh. desire to be, you know, either the expert, me, the boring one, or the more fun Atlanta version. What, <laughs> what, what do you suggest for you're those so people? Funny. You know what yeah. we always tell influencers? <laughs> but she was like, I was like, well, you're like, what are the two people? She's like, well, there's the, like the people like you. And then the people <laughs> like Atlanta. Like, yeah. <laughs> uh, we always tell, we were just speaking to somebody yesterday. Carly and I worked with a lot of professional athletes actually. And, um, it's what we were doing before we took over Notable. And what we always tell any rising influencer is that you've got to diversify your um, platforms. So it means more work for you. Um, but what we find really um, challenging for influencers is that you can be a content maker all you want, mm-hmm. but you still don't own Instagram. Mm-hmm. And so you're monetizing your follows. And when that goes away tomorrow you no longer have a business that right. you're monetizing. Yeah. And so you have to build what we call a media brand. And that means that your content just cannot live on one platform. You have to build yourself a brand mm-hmm. that exists and can be monetized in various ways. And yeah. if you do not have multiple streams of revenue, then when Instagram goes away yeah. or the new thing comes along, and uh, and right now advertisers really love Instagram, but then there will be another thing that comes along yeah. that advertisers really like. Because we went through this iteration with Twitter and then with Snapchat. Facebook and they changed their algorithms <laughs> yeah. and Snapchat and it didn't really Facebook's work. Dying. And then that yeah. was, a, and now Instagram. And yeah. then there will be another thing. It's funny. It, it's so, it's, it's so, it's like so amazing. That's such amazing piece of advice as somebody who like lives and breathes this whole community. I actually was reading something or my husband was telling me that Warren Buffett or somebody like that, they were like, I will never, ever invest in, in, in an influencer. It's just not something I will do. Yeah. It's a losing, it's a losing, it's a losing horse. Yeah. 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 And it's so when you're able to build yourself up into a media brand, uh, you will have more sustainability and longevity. And it's not yeah. just platform based. It's like, oh, well, then maybe CTV will call you hmm. because you're now a subject matter expert in something that's beyond just creating content for Instagram. Yeah. Right. You know? Yeah. It makes me feel like somebody. Isn't that funny? Yeah. Like I have like this crazy busy practice and, and lots of lovely patients and Kit Crew's crazy busy. But when CTV texts me, I'm like, oh, they love me. And that like feels <laughs> yeah. like so valuable. It's like this random, you know, producer I don't even know personally. But right. yeah. And that's the thing I love about Mom's Tea and what I think I've created. And today's actually our two-year anniversary from our first event ever. Yay. Congratulations. Congratulations. So fun. 
And for me, like, I never really cared about the Instagram piece. I just started focusing on it now because I realized when I was working with brands, they wanted some data That's points right. that we weren't delivering because I cared so much about the, my mom's. I cared so much about the customer's experience. And I was like, how am I going to... And that's why, like, I appreciate what you guys do and why I want to do on the show because I know that you guys bring, like, the best in class. And I feel when it comes to mom's CEO, everything we do is, like, so customer-focused that I obsess with giving moms a great day. Like, it, it has to be the best. It has yeah. to be, Dr. Dean is the best. You guys are the best. Everything has to be the best, right? In terms of content and experience. So now... Now that I'm sort of like slowly, like I wish three years ago I, I would have gotten the kick in the ass when I first started, like try to get to the top of sort of the influencer game so I don't have to worry about those things now because the amount of energy I spend even thinking about it on like an authentic way makes me bananas. So, But a lot of it isn't so much about just numbers now, right? It's a lot more about engagement and stuff too. That's right. Lots of people it's have quality. so many influence, uh, so many followers, I should say, but their peeps don't do anything and they're not engaged. Right. I think a lot of companies are looking at that more, aren't they? Absolutely. Like yeah. a big core part of our business and, and background is talent packaging. And so yeah. we still work with, you know, so many of the top brands across the country and we'll actually do all their talent packaging files. And that's all we look at. So to, you know, when, I, when, when I'm sitting there trying to assemble what would a campaign look like and who would the talent be, I really don't care if you have a million followers, if they're all, let's say, in the state of California. Right. It, it doesn't help if you're doing a campaign in Canada. Right. So what we're going to look at is like, where do you actually index? Who is right. your core community? Who actually has true influence in their community? And also so many people have bought followers over the years. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just such an inauthentic experience as a whole. And so even with Notable, what we always focus on is we're like, we don't care how many followers you have. Who is truly influential in their communities? Right. Who are people who everyone around them is going to listen to? And so when you start looking at the back-end analytics and who these people are, that's what's meaningful in terms of what's going to move the dial for oh, guys, I think another podcast we do is like just digging deep into this. Like 30 minutes 101, 101 about like mommy entrepreneurship on this particular topic. But guys, I'm going to tell us the one thing you want moms to know, like our, our listeners or dads or people or like, I don't know. I love people. <laughs> what do the people want to hear? Tell us like the one piece, like your living eulogy, like your one piece <laughs> of advice that's going to go down in your record. You're like the title of your book. Like what's the thing? There's no like, pressure here. Not a good title. And no one ever is going to hear this. No oh my gosh. <laughs> Talk about, for me, yeah. it's, you know what I've experienced over the past few years that the micro moments with your children really matter. Hmm. Everybody thinks that it needs to be some big thing and like we're doing this big family thing and then there's so much pressure to, and it's actually those micro moments with your kids where they ask you a question and you've, you're able to be present and answer it honestly. Like my child has asked me about sex and my child has asked me about, you know, various health things or things that come up in the playground that are, you know, really important things. Or he's asked me to tell him the truth about something that is maybe uncomfortable. Um, And if you're not present in those micro moments, like we were talking about earlier with modeling for your kids, it really defines what their truth is and how they're going to grow up and Mm. and how they behave. And so for me, that's why I try to do things like put down my phone, Mm -hmm. pay more attention to what he's saying, asking him more connected questions instead of how's your day. I'm like, tell me more about that. Um, That's what I've been focusing on. And it's really changed my whole relationship with him. And I've seen him develop into a better human for it. I love that. Uh, we, we have a line in my house. We say eyes to eyes. Mm-hmm. So like I try oh, to like cool. really connect eye to eye versus like sitting and f- watching a screen away from each other or sitting, doing something else together. It's eyes to eyes. It's direct one-on-one or, yeah. or it could be four-on-one, but you know, it's eyes to eyes. Yeah. I like mm-hmm. that. I like that. Four to one. Eight eyes out of her two <laughs> eyes. Yeah. <laughs> what do you think, honey? 
kind of stole my micro moments, but anyways, Claire. Oh, sorry. I didn't <laughs> no, know that no, that no, was your thing. These <laughs> women no. also, I understand you text all night long and all day long and you never stop talking to each other. So it's possible you have one <laughs> group brain here. No, um, I think for me, it's that I, I just, I, I really want to raise my kids to just be really good humans. Yeah. And all the time when I spend any time with them, whether it's like, figure out what your work ethic is, figure out what it is that you love, and then put that dedication into it. And I think kind of when you brought up millennials and how everybody's perceiving it, what I really focus on with my kids day to day is that, you know, kind of in that statement that I said before, like you actually can have it all, figure it out, negotiate it within yourself, negotiate it within your family, but figure out what it is that you want out of all of those pieces in life. And then teach your kids that they actually can do that. Mm -hmm. And I fundamentally believe they can if you just approach things with kindness and with love and with respect to everybody around you, but also with a discipline that you're willing to do the work to actually get what you want on the other side. I love it. I love that too. I That's great. That. What about you? Uh, me? Mm-hmm. Okay. Really, Dean? Yeah. Like, you asked them. Why can't I ask oh, you? Oh, okay. That's fair. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What's your thing? I agree with you. I think for me, I grew up in a, fa- a family in a household where like my parents and my grandparents were really good to like the janitor and to the garbage man mm-hmm. and to whatever. So like, I leave an alibi everywhere I go. Like you could not know that I wasn't there. So I'm trying to role model for that for my kids. And I can already tell my kids have very big personalities and that can be a blessing and a curse. So I think I need to like show them that like you can be a fantastic dynamo of a human, but you need to know also when to take a step back. So um, that's where I'm at right now. And that's not like my living legacy of my life, but in terms of like on this Good wavelength. One, I think I like for it. me, it's like being very aware of who you are, what your strengths are, and where your weaknesses lay, and saying to them like, "It's okay to not be good at everything, um, but and be proud of the things that you're really fucking good at." Right. So, um, I think that's. I like it. I think that's that. Mm-hmm. Tina, you took me for so. T- not used I'm to you so changing. Sorry. Now we have to throw it me. to you. Yeah, you sure, did ice sure. eyes. Yeah, I, I did. I did. I Yeah, no. Yeah. I think. Um, I think a big one for me is, and we've talked about this many, many times on the podcast. But um, self care. Yeah. I think my kids see me and and Andrew and a lot of people around them working so hard on businesses, work, being parents, whatever. But I think it's really important that they see you do things that are enjoyable to you as an individual, as a person. So I work out every day. My kids know that it's important to me. I, I love that. I need that. I crave that. Now my kids are into like working out with me. So like you'll see on Instagram too, like Dylan will like join me and like work out on the treadmill while I'm biking or whatever. Um, yeah. You know, having dates, doing things that like yeah. fill me up because the more filled up I am as an mm-hmm. individual, as a person, as a wife, as a friend, etc., um, the better mom I am. And I think that they, they, so they see me as the working person, but they also see me as like the person person. And I think that's valuable for our kids to see as well. It's awesome. Well, guys, thanks so much for coming. We learned so much Thank today. You for Thank us. you for having Let's us. Let's come back and talk about... I would love to talk about so many media things. Media and influencers and... Love to just how to build like a your, how to build Talent your 101. Brand. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, let's Talent 101. That's awesome. Um, okay, so this was Moms That Say Fuck with Carly and Claire. <laughs> That's the, not how uh, it sounded at the top. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Moms That Say Fuck. Yeah. Sorry, <laughs> I'm getting a little tired in the <laughs> in. But thanks, guys. That was really Thank awesome. You. We love Notable. We wish you so much success, guys, in all your thanks. endeavors. Thanks. Good luck with everything. And uh, well, we can find you guys where? At notable.com? Is that the Notablelife.com. Notablelife.com. And your handle on Instagram is? At Notable Life. At Notable Life. At Notable Life, guys. Let's go live in Notable Life. Mother's <laughs> Thanks, guys. Thank you. Thank Yay. you. Thank you so much for hanging out with us today. We hope you really enjoy the content. We are eager to chat with the most interesting people about topics you care about. Please connect with us on social media 
at Moms That Say, at Moms TO, and at Dr. Dina Kulik, and share your comments, requests, and to continue the conversation. If you want to hear more, click subscribe and rate us too. We're all about the feedback because this podcast is for you. Have a great rest of week. Until next time.